all celebrate Jesus right now. If you trust him, you believe he's got this. Come on, he's got this. Lord, we need you on this planet. We thank you for your presence here, God. Fill us up today, Father. We thank you, Lord. We don't look to anything else. We don't need more popularity. We don't need more more finances. We don't need more more praises of people. Lord, we don't need anything else but you. We need you, Jesus. We need more of you today. Holy Spirit, show us Jesus clearly today so we can know him and become like him, God. We thank you for your presence in this place where there's fullness of joy and fullness of life. I pray that we would receive that today from you. We're dependent on you, God. Lord, we've got gifts, we have talents, and you've given us so much treasure and ability. But Lord, at the end of those gifts, it's where you pick up and you take off. We thank you, Lord. We're dependent on you today in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, everyone. Give him praise one more time. If you are dependent on him this morning. I am so glad to be in the house of God with you. Come on, look at somebody and say, before you grab your seat, you need a whole lot of Jesus. Look at the person you ignored and say, you too. It is great to be at this noon service. I know the noon service is kind of rowdy, and so I'm glad that you guys are here. I, I believe God's doing miracles already today, and so I, I, think, I think this, my prayer, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share a little bit of it next week. I've been in California with my son at a kind of a camp, uh, just connecting back to God with my son Jude. He's my 14-year-old, and uh, amazing week. And I just, I think, um, you know, Father's Day is coming up next week. We're going to look at that, so bring your dads, or if you're a dad, get here. But I just want to say this. Sometimes God increases our inadequacy to increase our dependency. And so some of you are in a boat right now where you feel like you're so inadequate. And this last week, uh, I was, you know, at this camp with my son. And there's so many inadequacies I know I have. But sometimes we get discouraged by that. But the reality is God's showing us those things to increase our dependency on him. And so I just want to encourage you today, man, just be dependent. Stay in a place of dependency. And uh, don't run from your inadequacies because it's a place that God has for you to realize who he is. It's an honor for me today to introduce uh, my pastor and uh, really my spiritual father and mother are here. Uh, they're one of our overseers. When I got saved, when I say spiritual father and mother, like uh, many of us have peers and friends and people in our life and, and even pastors. You probably, you need a pastor in your life and um, a small group leader, someone that knows you and can lead you. And, and uh, when I got saved and came, or, or, or when I kind of rededicated my life and fully got on fire for God, it was in a little town called Somerset, Kentucky. Knew nothing about really Jesus very much. Knew nothing about the Holy Spirit and found this church. God led me there and connected me to the heart of this family, uh, Mark and Jeanette Harrell, who were pastoring a great church called Victory Christian Fellowship in, in, in Somerset, Kentucky. And um, the amazing church, my wife worked for them and was the administrator and, and helped with the kids and just gave her life away to them for eight years. And so come on, somebody, it's good to find your wife in church. Found my wife, stole their, stole their, stole their admin assistant, took her off to Dallas. And, uh, but, uh, but I just remember the years of, of when I first came into the, to the house and, and just the encouragement and the, and the challenge and the blessing and speaking truth and speaking life into me and, and, uh, and my wife. And we got engaged and just speaking life over us and covering us and, and encouraging us to go to Bible school and just seeing what God had in us. It's amazing. And we, we would not be here, my wife and I, this church would not be here if it wasn't for them. 
And so today when you open your heart up to them, they're not only just my pastors or spiritual family, they're also uh, our overseers and my accountability in, in church. And so my kids say, well, who's your boss, daddy? Well, they're, they're, they're kind of my boss, but not, but not really to fire me because I'm hopefully not doing anything that needs that, uh, but, but to keep me accountable and also more so to challenge me and encourage me. And uh, I love that line in that song today. It says, when I've lost who I am. Come on, it's easy to sometimes lose who you are in the, in the grind of life. And God helps you uh, bring back and remind you of who his love is. Well, this is a family that kind of whenever I'm kind of, you know, losing my way or, or saying what, having a lot of questions, they just give me back to Jesus and give me, just bring truth into my life. And so would you stand to your feet with me this morning or this afternoon in honor, give a good Transformation Church welcome to Pastor Mark Harrell. Amen. You may be seated. And I'll put Jamie's rag right there. Hallelujah. <laughs> Your do-rag. Praise the Lord. Isn't it great to be here at noon? I love this. This is awesome. We sure love your pastor and his family, Jamie and Sandra. Just They're, they're like our kids in a way, and uh, we just claim them as our own. Um, just watching them grow in the Lord, get married, go to Bible school. And look what he's done. Isn't this great? Look what you've done together. Let's give each other a hand clap for what the Lord's done. Yes, yes, yes. So we're thrilled to be here. I want my wife to stand. Praise the Lord. Give her a hand clap. Yeah. Glad she's able to be with me this weekend. You're in the middle of a series called The Essentials, and you're using the book of James. So if you want to turn to James chapter 2. We're going to launch from some verses in James 2, and I want to cover a subject calling this today, the value of people, the value of people. How many know you've got value? Yeah, you've got value. But not only that, others have value. So James chapter 2, starting in verse 1, my dear brothers and sisters, how can you claim that you have faith in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ? If you favor some people more than others. For instance, suppose someone comes into your meeting dressed in fancy clothes and expensive jewelry, and another comes in who is poor and dressed in shabby clothes. If you give special attention and a good seat to the rich person, but you say to the poor one, you can stand over there, <laughs> or else sit on the floor over there, well... Doesn't this discrimination show that you are guided by wrong motives? Listen to me, dear brothers and sisters. Hasn't God chosen the poor in this world to be rich in faith? Aren't they the, the ones who will inherit the kingdom of God promised to those who love him? Verse 8. Yes, indeed, it is good when you truly obey our Lord's royal command found in the scriptures. Love your neighbor as yourself. But if you pay special attention to the rich, you are committing a sin for you're guilty of breaking that law. You know, our perspective of people is the way we're going to treat people. Would you agree? Yes. Your perspective. And what you believe about people is called your personal philosophy about people. And your philosophy of people will control your attitudes toward them your thoughts towards them, your actions toward them. And to the extent which God has gone to redeem you. Anybody redeemed in the house today? 
the extent he's gone to redeem you, the extent which God has laid down his life, and all he's done to indicate to you that he cares for you, there's value in you, like the last song we were talking about, the world needs the Lord, needs Jesus. To that extent, Jesus now wants to reach others besides us. There are other people out there. And if you and I can capture a revelation of the same thing that God sees in people, if we can capture the revelation of what he sees in people, the mean, ugly, lost, crude, rude, going to a hell people, we would be suddenly passionate to the same degree he is and he's wanting us to be. Would you agree? And really, this is a simple foundation of truth that has to be constantly recaptured. I have to constantly recapture this because if you're like me, you have a lot of responsibilities, a lot of details, a lot of deadlines. Am I talking to the right group? Okay. So you have to constantly recapture this. So let me begin with a question. Do you have a godly love for every person you meet? Don't act so religious. Just answer it. Come on, tell the truth. Thank you. Neither do I in the natural. Neither do I in the natural. That's the problem. We live too much in the natural and we don't plug in enough to the spiritual. So in the natural, I don't either. So this is something we have to constantly recapture and place within us. Or we can do like James says and show partiality and really miss the one that has great value. We judge people based on different things that we consider important. Love can only be truly motivated and understood by revelation. And when you discover something, the reality of it, the value of it, your attitude towards it changes. Would you agree? So I'm going to take out of my pocket. I've got a $2 million diamond. Look at that thing. And as I said before, if you really believe that's a $2 million diamond over in Nashville, I have some oceanfront property I'll sell you right after service today. <laughs> but let's, let's say it is, okay? And we put it in a wadded up bag, paper bag, brown bag. It's hard to find these now. <laughs> brown paper bag. And when you were coming in the service, if, if someone had tossed it close to the entrance, maybe to the, close to the tents out there, where you have a lot of your displays in groups. Most of us would just ignore it. Uh, possibly because we're ignoring it, some of us would have stepped on it. Um, some would have said, who would have dropped litter right here in front of the church? Kids would have played soccer with it, all that type of thing. But then some very, very smart, intelligent person would walk over and pick it up, you know, so carefully because it's so nasty. And they, would take, and they would take it over to the garbage can and drop it in the garbage can. Now, why would we treat $2 million that way where we would ignore it, abuse it, step on it, call it trash, and then throw it away? Why would we do that? The answer is simply this. Lack of knowledge concerning the content a lack of knowledge concerning the content. And that is as simple and as complicated as the gospel is. We need a knowledge, a God flow knowledge 
of the content in other people. When Pastor Jamie recommitted his life to the Lord in 99, man, when he came to the front and, and I, I just looked at him, it was like this download from God, this young man is going to be something great for me. I knew it. I just knew it. And so then I had the responsibility not to just say, hey, buddy, you're going to do something great for God. Go do it and tell me what happens. <laughs> Come on. And so we had to be willing then to invest and want to, and had joy in doing it. Then he started dating Sandra, my, my assistant. My goodness, that's great. They got, but he got married and they moved away. No, I wanted them to. I wanted them to go to Bible school because it's about people. It's about others. It's about what God has for them. You know, doing extra things, the, the high fives, the encouragement, the mentoring, all the things necessary. Now, not everyone's going to receive that, I understand. But if you take the situations that have gone sour and you use that then as your launching pad to reach out to people, you'll go, do you want, you want Jesus? Like, they're going to slap you. And, man, we've got the best answer in the world. Yeah, we've got to see the value in other people. God knows something about you that would make him pursue you. He came after you. Thank God. And he probably used someone to do it. I know there's exceptions just opening the Bible and coming under conviction. Thank God for that. But most of us were affected by individuals that helped lead the way. And even after you came to Christ, there were still issues. There was still growth. There were still problems. And even now in our life, there's still issues. There's still growth. There's still problems. Right? But he loves us. And he's for us because there's value. This is the gospel, the good news, that there's value in you that nobody knows about but God. And when we, we begin understanding that value in him transforming us, then we begin to see other people the way he's looked at us. Tell your neighbor there's something in you worth coming after. Yeah. That's the heart of ministry. That's what it means to value people, the value of people. And this is very essential. It's essential. It's James chapter 2. Without a revelation of people, the value of one person, you can have a form of godliness that denies the power thereof. And as I've said in a few of the other services, then we have a self-serving gospel where it centers around using God just to meet the needs that we perceive we want met, and then telling God how to do it. Help us, Lord, because it's all about us. It's not about us, and we'll see that shortly in Scripture. It's about God flowing through us. David said in Psalm 8, What is it that thou art mindful of man, of him? What, what is it about us? He loves us. He loves people. He loves mankind. He's wanting them to willingly freely accept him and let him do that transformation good name for a church let him do that change in us and then through that he wants to change others through our life and when you begin and continue the discovery this process of who you really are and who you're becoming you finally come alive i said you finally come alive and life takes on meaning and significance because you're seeing what God is doing in others. Jesus was questioned once, what is the most important commandment in the law? In Mark 12, 
Religious leader came to him wanting to know that. And Jesus replied, the most important commandment is this, hero Israel, the Lord our God is the one and only Lord. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and all your strength. And you would think, great, that's the most important commandment. Stop there. But no, there's more to it because Jesus answers that question with the flip side of the coin. Just like any coins you have in your pocket or your purse, there's a different face on each side, but it's the same value. So this is the same value right here as he continues on talking about what's most important. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment, it's still singular, is greater than these. So loving God and then loving people. It's very, very important. It is the greatest command. So verse 30 and 31 actually tell me, love the Lord God with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength. Then it tells me really love myself. Now I'm careful saying that because people do love themselves a little bit too much in this country. It's a self-serving love, a self-centered love. But the love God wants us to understand is a freeing love and identification with his life and his nature and purpose in us so we can discover purpose. That's what really loving yourself is about. Because it really, it's a dying to self for him to live through us. So love him, then love yourself, then you can love other people. You can love them to the same degree you love yourself. So I said it this way, okay? It's more important for you to love you than to love me. Because if you don't love you, I'm in trouble. I really am. I'm in trouble. So God wants to give you an ongoing revelation of your value in the kingdom. Then he can start flowing through you. And that third song, you just put yourself under challenge. Hallelujah. Because the world needs Jesus. Do we just sing about it or do we then participate in the process all week long or wherever God puts us, okay? I don't want just to live a religious life and say, oh, the world needs Jesus and then leave church and think about little old me and serve little old me all week week long. He needs to be able to interrupt my life. He needs me to be able to see the workplace, the students, the kids, whoever is there and be that example to them in that moment. So how will this happen where I produce fruit, where I see potential, the potential that God sees, the value in them, the $2 million diamond that's in that bag of trash on the outside, and then cooperate with his heart so it's an essential, everybody say essential, Essential. part of my DNA. See, it's got to be part of my DNA. Genesis 1, 28, God blessed them, Adam and Eve, and told them, multiply. Multiply. Fruitfulness is productivity. So when God said you're to be fruitful, he did not say be seedful. He did not say that. This is one of the first commands God gave to man, be fruitful. He's implying you have seed. Now, we understand that naturally, of course, with children, but I believe it's also an implication spiritually. You have seed. So if I have God's perspective of people, I just need to step into his plan with the seed that he's given me. 
Now, there's going to be different levels of seed, just like different type of talents we all have. But everybody has something. We focus too much on what we don't have instead of what we have. You have a seed. You have a talent. Tell the person next to you, you've got something. All right. Don't forget that. So when God said be fruitful, he knew you had seed. So if I have God's perspective of people, I just need to step into it. 2 Corinthians 9 verse 10 says this. For God is the one who gives seed to the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he will give you many opportunities. He will give you many opportunities. I said he will give you many opportunities to do good. And he will produce a great harvest of generosity in you. I mean, generosity, I mean, just think of all the different ways you can be generous to the people around you and sow good seed. God will always give you seed to sow. What holds us back from sowing? Well, if we just focus on facts instead of truth, the fact is, you know, that is kind of ugly. It's kind of, you know, probably dirty or greasy or whatever. But there's something precious on the inside of it. That's a fact. What holds us back? Fear. And the precious lady that got up during praise and worship. Man, wasn't that powerful? That was a message right there. Because fear has torment. All these things hold us back. But Jesus, he could see truth above facts. The truth is blind Barmatus couldn't see. Excuse me, the fact was he couldn't see. The truth is he knew he could and he healed him. The lady, Mary Magdalene, with all the demons, he could see her free. He didn't throw her away. The lady that had been married five times now, just living with the man, he could see her heart. He could see inside of her. He knew that there was value in her. Peter, my goodness, he should know better. He didn't, he, he's even said, you're going to deny me. No, not me. <laughs> I meant three times. And Jesus sought him out after the resurrection, right? Why? He could see the value. He could see the truth above the fact. We need to be able to see truth above the fact. So here's a question. How do we treat seed we've been entrusted with? How do we treat it? What value are you placing on the seed God has given you? And when I say seed, that's the word of God, that's your love for Jesus, that's your, word, your love for worship, uh, whatever it is that the Lord has just placed a, a burning understanding in your spirit, that's seed. And what are you supposed to do with it, okay? Here we go. The power is in the seed, not the sower. Say that with me. The power is in the seed, not the sower. I want this to come alive. So if that's going to happen, let me give you three points and a life statement with each point. Number one, gain a proper God perspective. Gain a proper God perspective. Listen to Paul in 1 Corinthians uh, 3. I'm going to start in verse 6. My job was to plant the seed in your hearts And Apollos watered it, but it was God, not we, who made it grow. 
because the power is in the seed, not the sower. So everything of God's heart and nature and he's placed within you and you start sowing that into others, that's the power. It's that. It's not about you. Now, we want to do it in a good way and as best as we can. We'll cover that in a moment. But the power is in the seed, not the sower. Verse 7, the ones who do the planting are watering. Everybody say, I'm a planter or, or I water. Say that with me. Planter or I water. Look at this. We ain't that important. Well, that hurts my feelings. Get over it. We need to quit having hurt feelings. It's not about us. The ones who do the planting or watering aren't important. They are. They're valuable. Yes, but God's done the work in you. Now he wants to do work through you. But God's is important because he's the one who makes the seed grow. It's about him. I love it. The one who plants and the one who waters work as a team with the same purpose. Everybody here and different ones serving and teaching children and little ones right now or teen, all that stuff. There's one purpose. I said there's one purpose, that Jesus get all the glory and that we surrender to him, that he arrest anything in our life that would be destructive to us and that we, we love him with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength and then we love our neighbor as ourselves because that's essential, especially when you read James 2. Yet they will be rewarded individually according to their own hard work. We work together as partners who belong to God. You are God's field, God's building, not ours. And then if you, we won't read it for time's sake, but Mark chapter 4, verse 26 and 27, Jesus talks uh, about a farmer who plants seed in a field. And he, he just went out and did other activities. But he planted it and he went out and then he doesn't know how, but he grew. So God can use imperfect farmers like you and I. If we'll just go plant it, he's going to make it grow. We have to turn that timetable over to the Lord and the procedures over to the Lord and all that stuff, but he'll make it grow. We just have to be the farmer who's willing to go sow and do it. The reason that makes sense is that the power is in the seed and not the source. So here's a life statement with that first point. God is the power in the seed. God. He's the power in what you sow. Number two, gain a proper self-perspective. We do have a role to play in this, right? First yeah. Corinthians chapter 3, verse 10. Because of God's special favor to me, I've laid the foundation like an expert builder. Okay. So it does require some some skill or talent, people skill, caring skill. You know, certain personalities can just be gruff. So we need God to help us so we're not as gruff. Some people just so mercy oriented that they would cuddle up to a rattlesnake. We don't need to do that, right? So we need skill to be an expert builder and God will help us. And as we study the word and let him do transformation in our own life, we become more and more understanding and capable to take the word and take his heart and apply it to each person that we see. Now, others are building on it, but whoever is building on this foundation must be very careful, for no one can lay any other foundation than the one we have already have, Jesus Christ. So Jesus Christ, another layer, Jesus Christ, and someone plants, Jesus Christ, someone waters, Jesus Christ, and before you know it, there can be a harvest in someone's life 
our growth in their life because the power is in the seed, not the sower. Let's just stay desperate for God. I encourage you, man, worship begins. Just be desperate with the words of each song coming alive in your heart and loving the Lord with everything within you. So that means we are the ones sowing seeds in other people. And I've asked every service to do that, but I want you to take a moment and and think of someone or a family, a child, a relative, a co-worker, whoever, somebody or a group that you have sowed seed into their life, and now it's bearing fruit for the kingdom of God. Think about it for a moment. That's your joy. That's the significance of life. Your pastor's here on the front row. Man, if I'm having a bad day, I think of them and what God's doing. And then I go, wow, hallelujah, Lord. You can use an old country bunkum like me to help other people. You see what I'm saying? And uh, you start thinking of these things. But if you've never done that, you're, in, you're just trying to survive life. Yeah. And, and there, there's nothing more significant than surviving. And when this comes alive, you see it's like 007. Everywhere you go, there's a mission. I mean, you're just waiting for the opportunity. It's exciting. This is where life becomes so much fun. So think of those people. If not, I want to encourage you. Lord, this year, make it a goal. This year, I want to see something significant happen for the kingdom of God. And just start naming those people. or Name that organization. Name that school. Name that workplace where you can see lasting fruit because you planted seed. And you planted seed. And you watered seed. And there's a harvest for the kingdom. It takes time. It takes being attentive and watching, just uh, I encourage you, listen. Just listen. Uh, uh, just wherever you go, listen. And when you listen, suddenly the Lord will start dropping things in your heart that you can say and do. Uh, a few weeks ago, my wife went into a store, a ladies' clothing store in our little town. She hadn't been in there for several months, thank God, hallelujah. <laughs> and, uh, no. But she went in, and she didn't realize the owner, the lady, her husband had died. And, um, and the lady was just, you know, still brokenhearted. And, and Jeanette could have said, oh, I am so sorry. I'm going to pray for you. Let me buy my item, and I'm out of here. Right? And so, no, she didn't do that. She just sat, went and sat by her for a long time. Just let her talk. Just listen. Didn't have any clichéic answers. Just listened to her, prayed with her, held her hand, comforted her. She went back several days later, brought her some gifts and brought her a book to read. And it's, it's seed planting. It's just listening, being aware of opportunities, walking through them here. You know, when our children were small and young, if we had everybody in the car or whatever, and I was going to go into Walmart or something like that. I would always tell Jeanette, I said, I'll be in in five minutes or an hour. <laughs> Do you know what that means? Someone help me out. What does that mean? No, not a long line. <laughs> uh, not in Somerset. Come on, not our little town. What does that mean? I'll be out in five minutes or an hour. Huh? Be flexible. Be flexible. Well, why am I having to be flexible? 
might meet some a divine encounter might be an opportunity might be someone that I run into I need to talk to or just someone walks up to me or I see an opportunity and I walk through it she was glad when I wasn't in there for an hour with three little boys so hallelujah but uh, hey if you think that way you're living that way And, and you're looking for opportunity you're looking life statement number two the power is in the seed but I am the sower Okay, the power is in the seed and, and not in the sower. Power is in the seed, but I am going to have to sow. I'm going to have to do something. Number three, gain a proper people perspective. First Corinthians four one and two. So look at Apollos and me as mere servants of Christ who have been put in charge of explaining God's secrets. Now a person who's been put in charge as a manager must be faithful. Be faithful. Stay faithful, gain a proper people perspective, and if we'll do that, it's in him we live and move and have our being. He's going to equip you and help you. God can see all of us in our imperfections, and he can use us while we still have imperfections, while he's still changing us. Life statement number three, without the sower, the seed's not going to be planted, it's not going to be watered. It's not going to grow. It's just not going to happen. So if you and I are going to understand the essentials, everybody say the essentials. essentials. We're going to have to value people. We need a great, proper God perspective, that God is the power in the seed. We need a proper self perspective, that the power is in, in the seed, and I am the sower, and we need a proper people perspective. That without the sower, the seed will not grow. 1 Corinthians 4, 20 and 21. For the kingdom of God is not just fancy talk. It is living by God's power. Which do you choose? What do you choose? Anybody listen to Caleb ever? Caleb Radio, Christian Radio. It's amazing. I was preparing this message and this week on Caleb when I headed on in the car, they were talking about the importance of cleaning out your junk drawer in your kitchen. Most of us have one. Anybody have one? Okay. You know, it's the one where you've got dead batteries, scissors, ink pens that don't work, all that type of stuff. So uh, a family decided we're going to clean out, uh, clean our kitchen and we've got to clean up this drawer. And in there, there was a little figurine, a piece of a chest set that Grandpa had bought in the 60s. I got handed to the son and just kind of handed around and anyway, just ended up in this drawer at, at the family's house since the 60s. So they didn't know what to do. They, you know, tempted to throw it away. And they said, well, you know what? They bought it at an antique store. Maybe we ought to just take it in and have it appraised. So when they brought it in somewhere, then that person sent it to another specialist. Before you know it, it was a missing piece, a 900 and something euro piece from a Viking chess set valued at over $1 million. They had no clue right there in their house, in the drawer. Wow. So the reason believers who love God, who are saved, but were not mobilized fully, 
I'm not mobilized fully. I need this constant reminder in my own heart so that I reach the people, not just reach my agenda for the day and knock off more things on my list. Oh my goodness, how many have joy when you knock things off your list besides me? Okay, and I can get so focused on that. I will miss the opportunity and not realize I've got a $5 million or $2 million or $1 million to God individual right in front of me. I'm just seeing the bag. You know, I'm just seeing the facts instead of seeing the truth. So if I don't have the essentials down, they're just going to kind of be in the way. But here's the thing. It's not just one. They're going to be over here, going to be over at this store, and they're going to be over at this place and that location and way over there and the neighbor that comes over and bugs us all the time and all that type of stuff. And if we look at it that way, then we're going to step on it. We're going to kick it. We're going to ignore it. We'll pick it up and put it in the trash can. But if we'll let God arrest us with his heart because he's done so much for us. Are you glad he's done so much for you? And just, Lord, help me to be an example. Take the time. Make the investment. Even the people that offend you, hurt your feelings, whatever. And reach inside. Let's plant the seed. Let's water the seed. Let it come forth with a harvest and turn in something beautiful for God. Amen. I leave us all and myself with that challenge. God bless. You guys received that word? Come on, thank you, Pastor. It's about people. I want to pray for you today. I have a few minutes left. If you'd stand to your feet with me. I, th I think the, uh, the thing sometimes we have a hard time loving other people is because we have a hard time loving ourselves. And Maybe something happened to you or just you've been hurt or abused or someone puts you down or I don't know, somebody maybe spoke over your life that you weren't valuable or somehow you got a belief system in your mind that you had no value and so you find yourself either in that junk drawer in your own life or tossed in the trash can there's 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 a god in this place today saying that you are valuable that you have infinite value on the inside of you and you don't have to guard yourself and protect yourself and and keep yourself from loving others because you have value that god wants to expose to the world and many of you've got kind of built walls up around yourself and maybe you feel like man I'm in the trash can or I have no value and you feel that internal voice all the time I don't have value it's hard to love me so you don't love others or, or maybe maybe you've built walls up because you've been hurt by others and so so sometimes for some of us the junk drawer is the safe place to stay it's safer not seeing any value in ourselves because then we don't have to get hurt again by putting our value out there to others we don't have to get our value trampled on again so some of you have walls up and barriers up. And I think God wants to just do a healing today and do a, do a work to show you how valuable you are and how much you're worth to Him, but not just to Him, to this planet and to others. And you don't have to guard yourself and keep the, defending yourself and keep building up barriers around you because God's got your back. God has you valuable and He's going to take care of you and make sure that you are taken care of and, and taken to the places that you need to be to other people. And yeah, you might extend your value out there and someone might trample on it again, but God's got you. 
God's got that covered. Don't let it hinder us from opening our lives up and building relationships. I'm going to pray for those things today, just that you would see your value and that you would take down walls and begin to value people and value others. And then I'm going to pray that some of you make a fresh start with God today. Some of you are in this place and today's a day that you need to make a fresh start. You, you've known church or you've known religion or, or, or maybe you've seen it in the past, but you know you need a fresh start with God. The Bible says simply this, that if you would surrender to Jesus, not religion, not rules, not denomination, not church, if you would surrender to Jesus, that you get a fresh start with God that you get all your value given back to you in God. Many of you are looking for value in a relationship, in a girl, in a guy, in an addiction, in a drug, in, in, in pleasure, in business, in finance, in your, in your uh, status, in, in community. Many of you are looking for, or we look for value there horizontally. We'll never find it to satisfy us fully. It'll never last. So some of you today need a fresh start with the only thing that can actually give you infinite value, and that's a relationship with the Father in heaven. Let me pray with you. Let's bow our heads together and close our eyes. Father, thank you for sending your son, Jesus. Thank you for giving us value when we had none. Thank you that you pursued us when we were your enemies and that when we were in the mud of life and the sin and the, and the things that we had messed up in our own strength, you came and you loved us anyway. and You said, you are valuable to me. You showed us that love on a cross, how valuable we are. If you're in this place today and you just say, Pastor, you know what, Jamie, I need you to pray for me. I, I, I've kind of been crinkled up and thrown in that can or I've been in that junk drawer. I've been, I, I don't see myself as, as valuable and so it's hard for me to value others. I don't, I don't see myself as having anything in me and so sometimes I'm so protected. I can't see anything in anybody else, but I want to change. I want God to heal that in me. No one looking around. If you say, pray for me, one, two, three, just put your hand up to me right now. Come on. Across this house. Father, you know the times when we have been depleted or we've, we've been empty and we've looked for value in all the wrong directions. I ask today, Lord, that you would speak so clearly to anybody that had their hand up or anybody that needed to, that they have value inside of them. They, that they are so important in God. And that they have treasure in them. And I pray for every wall to come down, every barrier and defense to come down, everywhere they've been let down or, or they've lost or been left out. I pray those wounds would be healed up and maybe there'd be scars, but the scars would tell a story of your faithfulness and your glory, God. And the people would look to us and say, wow, who are you? We'd say, our God, our Father's done it all in my life. Lord, I thank you for that value. I thank you that others in this room could begin to value themselves and others in a supernatural way. And that this church would be a transforming place for people of all walks of life. If you're in this place, the last thing, if you'd say, you know what, I just need a fresh start with God. I have tried to find value from every other direction in every area. And, and today I, I, need to, I need to be right with God. I need a relationship with, with, a, with God. I need a fresh start with God. The Bible says this, that if you would surrender to Jesus, that he came and he died on a cross to give you value, to give you a fresh start, a fresh relationship with your Father in heaven. I'm going to count to three. And if you know this is your day that you want a relationship, not religion, not rules. If you want a relationship with God, you know that you aren't in a relationship and walking with God clearly, that today's your day. Or you were in the past, but today you need to come back and have a fresh start with God. If that's you, I'm going to count to three and just slip your hand up to me. I'm not going to bring you forward or embarrass you. I'm going to pray for you. 
Say, Jamie, pray for me. I need a fresh start with God. One, two, three. Put your hand up right now. Come on, across this room. All across this room. Awesome. Praise God. God bless you. Come on, God bless you. I need a fresh start with God. God bless you. Father, you see our hands. You know our hearts. We are dependent on you today. We need you, Jesus. Father, thank you for sending your son, Jesus. Right now, just pray this prayer with me. You can pray it in your own words if you put your hand up. We're just going to pray a prayer of dependence on Jesus. Jesus, I receive you today. I surrender to you today as my Lord and my Savior. I can't do it on my own. I have no value in my own strength. I value you. Thank you for dying on the cross, for removing my sin and my shame and my guilt forever. Thank you today for giving me a brand new heart and giving me a relationship with Father God in heaven. Thank you for that relationship and that fresh start today. You are my Lord and you're my Savior. And I surrender the rest of my life to you. Use me for your glory and honor. In Jesus' matchless name, amen. Amen. Come on, let's praise God for that. People all over this place saying yes to a fresh start with God. What an awesome day. I hope you received that word.